Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Jared Root with Red Eagle Ranch in Argyle, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cattle futures have made some volatile moves over the past two weeks. And it has a lot of folks scratching their head wondering what exactly is causing this. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Many Texas High Plains ag producers use the West Texas Mesonet on a daily basis to get important weather information. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about recent improvements to make the Mesonet service even better. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'm reporting from the U.S. Meat Export Federation's Fall Conference in New Orleans as we learn how Texas cattle producers are reaping the benefits of international beef demand. That's ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hurd in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas gets its first strong cool down. The citrus harvest is starting. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The cattle futures market has been on a tear lately with huge swings that are mostly negative. Corbett Wall is with DV Auction out of Amarillo. He says it just doesn't make sense. Harry, I don't know if you can make sense out of, of this uh, futures market. I don't think most people realize what a small pool that that futures trading is. You know, a lot of the CME and the folks up there, they just consider that cattle futures board just something that they offer their customers. There's not really enough trade in it, and they really don't like having to service those contracts. And now that the algorithms have taken complete control of that and the volume of trade is so small that when you get a little bit of trade going one way or the other, like you said, it just runs it all the way to one end or the other. So why are futures dropping so much when the cash markets are strong? Everything is so positive. Your technical analysts are just searching for something to be on the bearish side because everything's bullish and the futures board's going down. And it doesn't make sense to people and it shouldn't make sense to people. Uh, The industry itself puts so much pressure on the cattle futures 
that there's not enough people on the other side to hold it up. And now that interest is up, your fund managers and investors and people like that, they can find safer investments with a pretty good interest return. And so they're not relying on the cattle futures as much as what they have in the past. Wall says there are several things wrong with the cattle futures market, but the CME group seems to have no interest in fixing them. USDA has reappointed several Texans to the Cotton Board. Michael Pop of El Campo and Sihi Valverde of Shallow Water are among those who will serve three-year terms starting January 1st. Miranda Barrett of Sinton and Kelly Gupta of Houston have been appointed as alternate members. John Jones of Floydata was reappointed as an alternate. Douglas Brenner of Richardson was appointed to fill a board vacancy for an importer alternate position and will serve through 2025. The Cotton Board is responsible for carrying out a program of research and promotion to strengthen the competitive position of cotton. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. HEB is expanding its San Antonio dairy plant. The Texas grocery giant says the plant is already among the largest in the Southwest, but it's going to drop $60 million to make it even bigger. The work is set to include a new 4,800-square-foot insulated metal panel room to allow for new ultra-high temperature processing. The project will start January 1st and wrap up in July of 2025. Many West Texas ag producers use the West Texas Mesonet to get important weather information. James Hunt tells us about recent improvements that will make the Mesonet service even better. The West Texas Mesonet, operated by Texas Tech University, gathers weather data from 155 locations around the region. Many Texas High Plains producers use Mesonet's information daily. And good news, Mesonet's operations manager, Wes Burgett, says Mesonet's phone apps have been getting an upgrade. We released a new Android app last month. It's been out. We've, we've done a lot of work on that. There'll be one more revision in the next few months as we get feedback from people. I think we're up to a few hundred people now have used the Android we developed it in-house. It took a very long time, but since we can control it, it makes life much easier now. We actually control the development of that app. The iOS or Apple app, we've just redid within late summer. We released a new version of that. So the next thing will be an upgraded version of the iOS app that matches the Android app. So that'll be released in spring, is what we're hoping. Burgess says the phone apps are designed to be user-friendly for producers on the go. To download the iOS, just go to the Apple Store. To download the Android, go to the Google Play Store. They're free under West Texas Mesonet. And a lot of the farmers will sit in their tractors and just use the app. They want to know the humidity. They want to know the wind when they're driving in the tractor. It's a lot easier than trying to use a phone trying to access a web page where you have to zoom in. You can't see it. To me, the app was designed to have somebody, whether in a car or a tractor, what is it now? Because you can actually track yourself on the app where wherever you are. If you're driving, say you're driving through the panhandle, it actually follows you where you are and you know what the next station is for wind, temperature, rainfall. That's Wes Burgett with West Texas Mesonet. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. Meat Export Federation is holding its annual fall conference in New Orleans. Our own Tom Nicoletti is there. My guest today is Colin Woodall. He is the CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and joining him in New Orleans where he attended the USMEF's uh, fall conference. And uh, Colin, 
explain the intricate role that uh, NCBA plays with uh, USMEF. So NCBA is a member of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. And the, and the reason why is because our international markets are so incredibly important to us. They're incredibly important to the value we're getting for our cattle. And to be honest with you, we look at the future of this industry. If we want to grow it, maintain it, protect it, we're going to need even more international markets. And that's where our partnership comes in to play because NCBA can use our role as a policy organization in Washington, D.C. to help open markets and keep markets flowing. And then it's up to USMEF to go in and promote our product in those markets. And they do a, a tremendous job for the industry. And we're uh, very happy to be a partner with them. Texas is the number one beef uh, producing state in the nation. Of course, uh, producers are always uh, looking for uh, new consumer demand uh, internationally. What are some of the opportunities that you see? Oh, consumer demand is just through the roof, not only domestically, but especially internationally. All we have to do is look at the success that we've had with the Chinese market over the past several years. And it's a matter of getting our product on the plate for them to eat. And as soon as they eat it, they're hooked because we have the best tasting beef in the world. You know, right now we only export about 15% of our overall production, but that 15% is generating roughly about $400 in value to every marketed animal. That's real money for producers in Texas, for producers around the country. That is Colin Woodall. He is the CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Reporting from the U.S. Meat Export Federation Fall Conference in New Orleans, I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas has had its first major cool down while citrus harvest gets underway. Jim Hearn has this update from the Rio Grande Valley. The first major cool down has rolled through Extreme South Texas. Daytime highs before the front in the low 90s will be cooling down, though, into the upper 40s. Of course, the front will cool temperatures for at least three or four days, but the front was mostly dry with only drizzle reported and not much measurable. Falcon Reservoir continues its slow increase in elevation, which is certainly good news for everyone. We're now at about 10.4% full. Homestead Reservoir has been holding steady still at about 30%. The harvest of early oranges has started. Growers remain optimistic about this year's crop. Maybe about 80% of the pre-freeze level of 2021. Fruit sizes are smaller than normal. And it's hoped that the cold weather, well, let's hope it stays away for the winter season. Well, the Valley recently celebrated the 70th anniversary of Falcon Reservoir. State and Mexican officials gathered on the bridge to commemorate the event, talk about the sacrifices that had so many made on both sides of the river. Towns like Old Guerrero, Old Zapata, Old Falcon, all were swallowed up by the waters, although Old Guerrero does come out of the water occasionally when the reservoir gets low. A lot of ranch land was lost to the reservoir, but has proven invaluable for water source and flood control for the U.S. and Mexico. Falcon dedication in October 1953 with President Dwight D. Eisenhower and Mexican President Adolfo Cortinas was supposed to dedicate an empty reservoir. But Hurricane Alice, which was a minimal Category 1 storm, moved ashore near Tampico, moving up the Rio Grande and dumping over 30 inches of rainfall. The reservoir went full in the lake is 28 miles long behind the dam. It's 84,000 surface acre feet of water helps irrigate crops, provide flood control power, and also recreation. For Texas Ag Today, this is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Endangered whooping cranes are making their way to the Texas coast. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. 
And Texas A&M is getting a grant to study BRD in cattle. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. USDA has given a $300,000 grant to Texas A&M to study BRD in cattle. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that study. Bovine respiratory disease, or BRD, costs the cattle industry around $1 billion a year in prevention, management, and treatment, as well as the loss of animals. Researchers from the Veterinary Education Research and Outreach Program called VERO at the Texas A&M College of Veterinary Medicine are working with the West Texas A&M and Texas A&M AgriLife to examine the effects of vaccination and management strategies on the cattle immune system and microbiota. In the last 60 years, BRD has been the number one cause of disease and death in feedlot cattle in North America. Despite all the research that has been done on the disease, it is still difficult to prevent because there are so many factors involved. Dr. Matthew Scott with Vero indicates that age of the animal, proximity to other cattle with the disease, vaccination status, and individual immune response are all contributing factors. He goes on to say that sometimes low-risk cattle get sick and sometimes the really high-risk cattle, the ones coming from multiple sources with no management or vaccines at all, don't get sick. And we really don't know why. Vaccines and management strategies, such as separating cattle vulnerable to BRD, are typically the most reliable management strategies to keep cattle healthy. The goal of the research is to determine what makes cattle susceptible to BRD. Samples will be taken from a variety of cattle throughout their lives and follow them throughout their lives. They will also take samples from the upper respiratory tracts of cattle to determine the organisms present. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Endangered whooping cranes are making their way to the Texas coast. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Be on the lookout. Endangered whooping cranes are making their annual trip from northern Canada to the Texas coast. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, the first pair of whooping cranes were spotted flying toward the Aransas National Wildlife Refuge on the southwest side of the San Antonio Bay November 1st. That is 10 days later than we saw the first whooping cranes last year, but the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service says the arrival is well within the typical first arrival time period. Each year, endangered whooping cranes spend the summer in and around the Wood Buffalo National Park in northern Canada, nesting and raising chicks. In the fall, they begin to make the 2,500-mile trip across the United States to winter on the Texas coast, passing by large urban centers like Dallas-Fort Worth, Waco, and Austin. The cranes will fly during the day and rest at night, seeking out wetlands and agricultural fields to roost and feed. 
During this trek, the whooping cranes rarely stay in one place for more than a day. If you are lucky enough to see some, TPWD says it is important that the cranes not be disturbed or harassed. In fact, it is illegal. Whooping cranes are an endangered species and are federally protected. Kevin McAbee, FWS's whooping crane coordinator, says we can expect to see whooping crane numbers similar to those that we saw last year, about 540. Hunters are encouraged to be mindful of the whooping crane migration and ensure they know what they're shooting before firing, as whooping cranes can sometimes be found in mixed flocks with sandhill cranes. Whooping cranes are the tallest birds in North America, reaching a height of about five feet. They have a wingspan of about seven and a half feet. You can report whooping crane sightings to Texas Whooper Watch. Details are available at inaturalist.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time again to check the markets. We'll be back with a complete look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park Agriculture Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. This past week has been one of the ugliest ever for cattle futures, both feeders and live cattle. Just seeing a meltdown throughout the week, it's hard to put a description on what we've seen in the cattle futures trade in the last several sessions, but nonetheless, it is not good for cattle producers any way you look at it. Live and feeder cattle futures did manage to stabilize somewhat on Friday. Live cattle were mixed with December down 17, 174.17. February up 17 at 174.65. April live cattle down to 176.92. Feeder cattle were slightly higher. November feeders up 72, 229.72. January up $1.50, 226.42. With March feeder cattle up a dollar thirty-seven, two twenty-eight sixty-two. Cash-fed cattle responded to the big drop in futures over the past week. On Friday, we saw cattle sell in most areas four to five bucks lower. Here in the Southern Plains, we saw sales at one eighty to one eighty-one on a live basis. In the North, same price one eighty to one eighty-one live. Two eighty-seven was the dress price in the Northern Plains. Boxed beef prices mixed on Friday. Choice up 51 cents, 299.93. Select was down $1.52 at 267.90. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. 
My cousin Brian's in the alleyway with us today. Seguin Cattle Company, they sell them on Wednesday. Brian, how'd the last one go? Ended up with 624 head, those two to three weight steers, 235 to 310. Three to four weights, 245 to 325. Four to five weights, 243 to 298. Five to six weights, 210 to 279. Six to seven weights, 206 to 230. With seven to eight weight steers, 190 to 211. Go to the heifer mates, two to three weights, 165 to 255. Three to four weights, 228 to 275. Four to five weights, 208 to $3. Five to six weights, 190. 249, six to seven weights, 173 to 220. Uh, top end of the pack of cows, a dollar today. Uh, bulls, not that good on quality, but top end of the pack of bulls, dollar 20. And uh, had a few pairs uh, from 1250 to 1600 with the uh, top end of the top cows, bring 1400. Cheap and goats ended up with 964 ahead of them. Had a couple of big shippers roll in this morning. Those good nannies up $250. Kid goats from 280 to 330. Uh, a few little uh, good life Thanksgiving cabritos, they bring up to 460. Top end of the billies, 210, and you know, them weathers from 270 to 310, get to the Dorper used. Top end, 115, with the Dorper lambs bringing from 280 to 320, and uh, had a few of those uh, sheep lambs, those good kill lambs, they brought from $1.60 to $1.68. That's kind of sheep and goat for you. Do we know of anything for next week? Well, they're talking rain this weekend and the beginning of next week, so uh, I, we just got to sit back and see how much it rains, see what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, I talked to a couple of the shippers, and they still got cattle to sell, and they want to get them there. Like I said, it depends on the weather. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Brian. You can give us a call at 830-379-9955, or you can give me a call on my cell phone, 830-305-0652. Maybe that's all she wrote. All the time we've got for Walking the Pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. He's my cousin, Brian Litzman from Seguin Cattle Company. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished slightly higher Friday. December hogs up 45 cents, 71.90. February hogs up 37 at 75.57. Class 3 milk was lower. November milk down 4. 17.08, 100 weight, with December milk down 10 cents at 16.94, 100. The cotton market closed slightly higher after trading on both sides of unchanged through the day. A lot of follow-through from the WASDE report that was out this past Thursday. It was a mostly bearish report for cotton. However, it seems like most of that was already baked into the market, so the response was actually positive. We closed higher on both Thursday and Friday. Here's how we wrapped it up Friday. December cotton up 76 points, 77.28. March cotton up 27 at 79.48. May cotton up 10 at 80.23. Corn market also seeing some follow-through from a bearish USDA WASDE report last Thursday. That report called for an all-time record corn crop here in the U.S. So that definitely weighed on prices. December corn down four and a quarter, 463 and three quarters. March corn down three and three quarters at 479 a bushel. Wheat seeing the same thing. Follow through selling after Thursday's report. Both hard and soft wheat finishing lower. December Kansas City wheat down seven and a quarter, 640 a bushel. With December Chicago wheat down four and three quarters, at 576. In the energy markets, December natural gas was unchanged at 303. December West Texas crude up a dollar 91, 7765 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Friday afternoon, the Dow up 328 points at 34,220, the Nasdaq up 255, 13,776, the S&P up 59 at 4,406. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. 
I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.